Welcome to That's the Spirit Podcast. It's Halloween. Woo! Woo! Uh, did you say boo instead of, like, boo! <laughs> instead of woo? No, but I heard you that. did. You said it. I just did. Everybody, it's been a, a doozy of a time. Um, we're really excited. Yeah. I mean, Rob and I have had a tough time recently, but it's fine. Uh, we were really ready for some fun. Let's have some fun. We have an article out that just came out. Thank you so much. Brightest young things. Yep. Uh, and Megan Burns who interviewed us. It was really, really, truly beautiful. And we got a special for you today. We got a special. Do you want to say anything about the special? (laughs) Do I want to say anything? Stephanie worked tirelessly and produced... No. Listen to this. Yeah. That's like 70 pages. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you found the time. You do so much more than I do. I didn't do sleep at all last night. So we're doing another... Uh, you know, you guys asked for it. No, you didn't. But <laughs> You demanded yes, it. You demanded it. You were Stephanie knocking down it. our door for us to do another wonderful <clears throat> reading of a classic mm-hmm. play. Now, as you guys probably remember from the Christmas special, I found an old ancient manuscript of the very first unabridged version of Charles yeah. Dickens' Christmas Carol. <laughs> and you know what I did is I went to Salem, Massachusetts, <laughs> and I found the original unabridged The Crucible by Arthur Miller. I found it. I found it. I found it. It was underneath a grave. I found it. Bound Um, in human skin. Yeah, bound in human skin. Mm. And what we're going to do for you tonight is read it. Um, I'm sorry, act it. Mm. We've got the the TSS players with us tonight. Stop. Stop at you. TTS, dude. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whatever. I know TSS just rolls out the tongue. Yeah, it's It's something to do with work. Everyone stop. So. Oh, I was thinking toxic shock. But yeah, it is also work. That's true. Okay, so to my my left we have. Jordan Clifford. Okay. Lean into the mic, Jordan. Jordan Wolf Clifford. Wow. Is that truly your real name? I just threw it in there just off the cuff. I think it fits. That's Robin to his Hi. left. Hey guys. Then we've got Sasha Marie Hines. Oh there my she god! Is. Wow. Do you guys, if you want to give any any, any the credits, you can during this time. Yes. Credits? Yeah. Any any of your theatrical work or film mm. work, television? I mean, I was a really mediocre theater major in the early two thousands. That's yeah. great. Don't judge yourself. Uh, I would like to go back and say that I was an extra for one scene in a Thora Birch movie in twenty eleven. Oh, wow. Which wow. movie? It's called The Tunia. I haven't oh. watched it to see if my scene's still in there, but great. <laughs> only say it wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Zach Arctic Fox Willis. Wow. Wow, wow. That almost seems like an attack on you personally. Yeah, so. not even almost. Completely. Yeah. I will say that um, both Zach and Jordan have a two-man play called Willie Won't We. <laughs> And it is playing at the duplex mm-hmm. right now. That's right. I think there are still tickets available, but it might be sold out. Yeah, go find out if you will or you won't. We cannot give you comps. Uh, yeah. Just go to www.wtwt.duplex.jordan.nyctheater. Slash wolf, wolf slash Two Arctic fox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're great. Ooh, anyway, and then there's there's me. Oh, oh, Fanny Fagan. Oh, you know what? I almost on the I almost on the pod realized I was gonna also say Fanny, but then I was gonna say the, the second thing. Fanny. Yeah, dude, you can't. <laughs> As you all know, it's part of my last name, and we don't mean offense. People did always call me that though. 
wonderful. All right, we're gonna get into it. Uh, we gotta get into it. We did this for you. We're sorry. We did this for you. We did this for you, Damien. It's for you, Damien. Um, we're gonna just. There's no time to spare, so let's just dive in. There's no time to spare, except for that. I will say one last thing. For those of you who are a little bit um, skeptical about the underbridge version, anybody who's been listening to the pod will notice that somehow, by some crazy coincidence, the underbridge version does include a lot of characters, a, a lot of wonderful uh, specters and mm-hmm. and spirits that we have covered in the last year. So that's just a coincidence. It's a fun thing. Without further ado. <laughs> Wait. Don't touch. Yeah. Okay, no, that, that didn't work. Don't touch those things. A- ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> the Crucible by Arthur Miller. A note on the historical accuracy of this play. This play is not history in the, se- in the sense of which the word is used by the academic historian. Dramatic purposes have sometimes required many characters to be fused into one another, turned into goblins, represented by a skeleton, etc. The number of banshees involved in the crying out has been reduced. Abigail's age has been raised. While there are several judges of almost equal authority, I've symbolized them all in Haythorn and Danforth, or Hawthorne or Hathorn. However, I believe that the reader will discover here the essential nature of one of the strangest and most awful chapters in human history, the fate of each character is exactly that of his historical model, and there is no one in the drama who did not play uh, a similar and in some cases at the same role in history. This includes the goblins. As for the characters and the persons, little is known about most of them, excepting what may be surmised from a few letters, the trial records, certain broadsides written at the time, references to their <coughs> conduct and sources of varying reliability, and what their ghosts have told me when we hang out. They may therefore be taken as collaborative creations between myself and the ghosts, drawn to the best of my ability in conformity with their known behavior, except as indicated in the commentary I have written for this text. <coughs> <coughs> Reverend Paris is praying now, and though we cannot hear his words, a sense of confusion hangs about him. He mumbles, then seems about to weep, then he weeps, then prays again, but his daughter does not stir on the bed. A horrifying hag crouches on top of Betty's chest, peering into her face. Paris does not notice or does not see the hag. The door opens, and a small boy riding a two-headed <laughs> dragon enters. He carries a treasure chest full of gold and jewels. Can you read Paris for this one part? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Is Betty dead? Out of here! You can't tell me what to do. Where is Tituba? No, no, wait. Say, instead of that... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. You know, that's right. Let's take it from the top of the scene. Okay. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> is Betty dead? Out of here. You can't tell me what to do. Where is Tituba? She left. She told you she was leaving so many times, but you never believed her. She really, really hates you. Ah, God damn it. I forgot. What's your name again, boy? For the hundredth time, I'm Valak, president of Howl. Right, Valak. Fetch me in. No. Out of my sight, out of my... Valak feeds his dragon a mouse, then leaves the room. Paris is overcome with sobs. He clamps his teeth against them and closes the door and leans against it, exhausted. I shall now read Paris. Okay. Oh, my God! God, help me! Quaking with fear, mumbling to himself through his sobs, he goes to the bed, gently takes his Betty's hand. Betty, child, dear child, will you wake? Will you open your eyes? Betty, little one, perhaps you would enjoy an apple, fruit of the other world, or mayhaps a hazelnut, tasty nut of admiration and virility. Can we the instructions? Do, do you want me to? Yeah. Oh, okay. He puts the apple and hazelnut to Betty's mouth, but she does not eat. 
He is bending to kneel against when his niece, Abigail Williams, 17, enters a strikingly beautiful Shiwanaba, an orphan, with an endless capacity for dissembling. Now she is all worry and apprehension and propriety. At least we think this is what a horse-faced woman would look like if she was worried. She neighs. <laughs> Uncle, Susanna Walcott's here from Dr. Griggs. Oh, let her come, let her come. Abigail leaning out the door. Abigail? She pokes her large horse head back into the room. Paris throws her the apple. <laughs> Abigail catches it in her horse jaws and chomps it away. Come in, Susanna. Susanna Walcott, a little younger than Abigail, a nervous, hurried little floating candle enters. What does the doctor say, Candle? He bid me to come and tell you, Reverend Sir, that he cannot discover no medicine for it in his books. Are you talking, Candle? Aye, sir. He had been searching his book since you left, sir. But he bid me to tell you that you might look to unnatural things for the cause of it. Personally, I think it's a night hag. I can see her sitting there on Betty's chest. You can't see her. Maybe it's a candle thing. Abigail, can you tell if Susanna Candle is talking? I don't know is if it's the wind making her flicker or if she's actually trying to tell us something. Susanna, flicker once for yes, twice for no. Aye, sir. He bid me tell you, and this is the best I can do. Sometimes I wish I had been born a horse's headed Shuaniva girl. That way at least I would have a mouth with which to speak. She turns to go. Speak nothing of it in the village, Susanna. Go directly home and speak nothing of unnatural causes. Aye, sir, like I keep on saying, I cannot speak. It is impossible for me to tell you or anyone anything. I am destined but only to listen. I am a candle. She floats away. Uncle, the rumor of witchcraft is all about. I think you'd best go down and deny it yourself. The parlor's packed with people, sir. I'll sit with her. And what shall I say to them? That my daughter and my niece I discovered dancing like heathen in the forest? Uncle, we did dance. Let you tell them I confessed it, and I'll be whipped if I must be. But they're speaking of witchcraft. Betty's not witched. And me, well, it's only my nature. My horse half loves to gallop and dance and prance. Abigail, I cannot go before the congregation when I know you have not opened with me. What did you do in the forest? We did dance, Uncle, and when you leaped out of the bush so suddenly, I let out a blood-curdling neigh, and Betty was frightened and she fainted. And there's the whole of it. Child, sit you down. I would never hurt Betty. I love her dearly. Sometimes I wish the rest of my body wasn't a woman's body at all, but that of a horse, so she could ride me into a beautiful meadow. See, she's my greatest friend. Now look, child, your punishment will come in its time. And I hate withholding sugar cubes from you, but I will do it to teach you a lesson. If you trafficked with spirits in the forest, I must know it now, for surely my enemies will, and they will ruin me with it. But we never conjured spirits. I mainly just went to eat some grass and leaves. Then why can she not move herself since midnight? This child is desperate. It must come out. My enemies will bring it out. Let me know what you've done there. Abigail, do you understand that I have many enemies? Don't you get how hard it is for me in the town already, having a shuaniba for a niece? I have heard of it, uncle. This... There is a faction that is sworn to drive me from my pulpit. Do you understand that? Can you understand me at all? Can a horse know English? I think so, sir. Now then, in the midst of such disruption, my own household is discovered to be the very center of some obscene practice. Abominations are done in the forest. It was sport, Uncle. I was just pretending to be a whole horse, that's all. You call this sport, Abigail? If you know something that may help the doctor, for God's sake, tell it to me. I saw our new tenant, you know, the small boy who was taking up residence in the attic. He's a small dragon with two heads. I saw him with you. 
I didn't even know you were friends. Valak? I don't know if you would call us friends, yeah, but... Valak, yes. He's really cool. He told us he's president of hell. He built a giant pile of sticks, and then his two-headed dragon lit it on fire. He gave us all a jewel and told us to put it in our butts. Why did he do that? Something about having an extra jewel in there in case the town Kappa steals our one true sacred butt jewel. And I heard a screeching and gibberish coming from Valak's mouth. How did it sound? It sounded like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 that's just Valak's favorite song, Tarzan Boy. (laughs) I cannot blink what I saw, Abigail, for my enemies will not blink it. I saw a dress lying on the grass. A dress? I a dress, and I thought I saw someone naked running through the trees. No, no one was naked. You mistake yourself, Uncle. And if someone was, it was definitely not me. You know I cannot lift a dress over my own horse head without at least three people to help me. I saw it, and I know how much you see when always love to be naked and lure people to their doom. I have almost fallen for it myself many a time. Now tell me the truth, Abigail, and I pray you feel the weight of truth upon you, for now my ministry is at stake, my ministry and perhaps your cousin's life. Whatever abomination you have done, give me all of it now, for I dare not be taken unaware when I go before them down there. There's nothing more. I swear it, Uncle. All we were doing were dancing and stuffing jewels up our butts with the president of hell. Abigail, I have sought here three long years to bend these stiff-necked people to me, and now, just now, when some good respect is rising for me in the parish, you compromise my very character! I have given you a home, child. I have put clothes upon your back, which is extremely hard to do and expensive. Everything has to be made custom to fit your giant horse neck. Now give me upright answers. Your name in the town. Is it entirely white? Is it not? Why, I am sure it is, sir. There be no blush about my name. Abigail, is there any other cause that then you have uh, told me for your discharge from good, Goody Proctor's service? I have heard it said, and I tell you as I heard it, that she comes so rarely to church this year, for she will not sit so close to something soiled. Mm. What signified that remark? She hates me, Uncle. She must. I think she's jealous of my beautiful horse head. Either that or she's disgusted by my kind. It's a bitter woman, lying, cold, sniveling woman, and I will not work for such a woman. She may be, and yet it has troubled me that you are now seven months out of their house, and in all this time no other family has ever called for your service. I am telling you, they are all extremely jealous of my looks. I'm also bilingual, (laughs) and most of the men in town covet a woman who can speak horse. Do you begrudge my bed, uncle? Shall I move into the stables? No, no. Uh, My name is good in the village. I will not have my name soiled. Goody Proctor is a gossiping liar. Abigail begins to buck her legs behind her, neigh uncontrollably and remove her clothes. (laughs) Paris tries to calm her down. Her dress gets stuck over her horse head. Suddenly, the night hag moves. It looks at Paris, at Abigail. It then takes a brick out of its coat and lays it on Betty's chest to save its spot. The night hag stands upon the floor. As soon as its feet hit the wooden planks, Paris and Abigail can now see her. They recognize this woman as Mrs. Ann Putnam. She's a twisted soul of 45, a death-ridden woman haunted by dreams. I didn't edit that. Why? Goody Putnam, how did you get in here? It is a marvel, and it's surely a stroke of hell upon you. No, Goody Putnam, it is a... How high did she fly? 
high? How high? No, no, she never flew, really, though. How did you get behind me? Abigail, did you see her come? Why, Who's sure her? she did. Mrs. Collins saw her going over Ingersoll's barn and come down light as a bird, he says. Now look you, Goody Putnam, she never, ever... Enter Thomas Putnam, a well-to-do, hard-handed landowner, nearly 5,000 years old. His entire body is mummified. People in town call him by his nickname, Otsi. Oh, good morning, Otsi. It is a providence the thing is out now. It is a providence. What's out, sir? What's... Mrs. Putnam goes to the bed. Why, her eyes is closed. Remind me of sleeping. You know... When a person closes their eyes in dreams, I remember doing that. Of course, I have no eyes now. Look, you, Anne. Why, that is strange. Ours is open. Paris shocked. Your Ruth is sick? Um, I'd not call it sick. The devil's touch is hardier than sick. It's death, you know. It's death driving them forked and hooped. Uncle, really? Hooped? I told you, they hate me. Why? How does Ruth ail? She ails as she must. She never walked this morning, but her eyes open and she walks, and she hears not, sees not, and cannot eat. Her soul is taken, surely. And I should know. I tried sitting upon her chest to take it myself, but sadly... They say you sent for Reverend Hale of Beverly. A precaution only. He has much experience in all demonic arts, and I... He has indeed, and found a witch in Beverly last year, and let you remember that. Now, goody Anne, they only thought that they were a witch, and I'm certain there be no element of witchcraft here. No witchcraft here. Now look, you with your unmummified eyes, Mr. Paris. Oh, see, my, my mummy neighbor, I pray you, leap not to witchcraft. I know that you, you least of all, Otsi, would never ever wish so disastrous a charge laid upon me. We cannot leap to witchcraft. They will howl me out of Salem for such corruption in my house. Mr. Paris, I have taken your part in all contention here, and I would continue. But I cannot if you hold back in this. There are hurtful, vengeful spirits laying hands on these children, and as someone with no hands, anyone... But, Otsi, you, you cannot... And... Possibly think. <laughs> and tell Mr. Yeah. Paris what you have done. Reverend Paris, I have laid seven babies unbaptized in the earth. Believe me, sir, you never saw more hearty babies born, and yet... Each would wither in my arms the very night of their birth. Now, granted, I did suck the souls out of all seven of those babies as soon as they drew breath. Yeah. She's kidding. And it is in my nature as a formidable night hack to torment any animal capable of sleep. That is also true. My wife is a comedian, you see. But now this year, my Ruth, my only, the single baby, Otzi himself, tore from my arms and did not allow me to touch or gaze upon at all until pretty recently. I see her turning strange. A secret child she has become this year and shrivels like a sucking mouth we're pulling on her life, too. And the craziest thing is, it's not even my sucking mouth. You would think, like, well, Anne, you've got the suckiest mouth in town, but I swear it's not me this time. And so I thought to send you to her her to your tichuba. She actually left. Oh, what? Yes, she left. I can't blame her. I took her from her home and forced her to take care of us and all our stuff, so I do understand. Mm -hmm. I take it on my soul, but who else may surely tell us what person murdered my babies? Actually, we're renting out the attic, and there's this new boy president who lives in it. He can probably help. He knows so much. Have you ever read Howl? He's like an expert at it. He was reciting it for us while we were selecting our ass jewels. They were murdered, Mr. Paris. And mark this proof. Mark it. 
Last night, my Ruth were ever so close to their little spirits. I know it, sir. For how else is she struck dumb now except some power of darkness would stop her mouth? Again, a different power of darkness, not mine, not my hag power. Don't you understand it, sir? There is a murdering witch among us bound to keep herself in the dark. Let your enemies make of it what they will. You cannot blink it more, and it cannot blink at all. I can't, for I have no eyes. (laughs) Then you were conjuring spirits last night. Not I, sir. It was Valak and Ruth. Oh, Abigail, what the fuck? Why (laughs) did not you tell me this like 20 minutes ago? What proper payment for my charity? Now I am undone. You are not undone. Let you take hold here. Wait for no one to charge you. Declare it yourself. You have discovered witchcraft. In my house? In my house? Oh, see, they will topple me with this. They will make it with a... Enter Mercy Lewis, the Putnam servant. A fat, sly, merciless pistachio of 18. <laughs> Fish taco. Fish taco? Yeah. <laughs> a fat, sly, merciless pish taco of 18. Mercy is young for a legendary fat sucker, but what she lacks in years she makes up for in zeal. This is me, I think this is me. <sighs> Your pardons, I only hope to see how Betty is. My, how plump her rosy cheeks look when she's sleeping like that. One could almost stick a straw in them and... Why aren't you home? Who's with Ruth? Her grandma comes. She's improved a little, I think. She gives a powerful sneeze before. It propelled my fat-looking straw straight out of her nose, that little sneak. Oh, there's a sign of life. I'd fear no more, Goody Putnam. It were a grand sneeze. Another like it will shake her wits together, I'm sure. Will you leave me now? I would pray a while alone. Uncle, you've prayed since midnight. Why do you not go down? No, no. I have no answer for that crowd in the church. I'll wait till Mr. Hale arrives. If you will, Goody Ann. Now look, look you, sir. Let you strike out against the devil, and the village will bless you for it. Come down, speak to them, pray with them. They're thirsting for your word, mister. Yes, go. Everyone leave the room. They are all thirsty for your word. And I can stay here with Betty. I am thirsty not for words, but for fat. Let me be like a leech healer. Let me suck the fat away. You make a good point. I'll lead them in a psalm, but let you say nothing of witchcraft, yes, uh, yet. I, I, I will not discuss it. The, the cause is yet unknown. I have had enough contention since I came. I want no more. Mercy, you go home to Ruth, do you hear? I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you and stay to suck the fat off Betty. Mrs. Putnam leaves, but then she creeps back into the room, takes the brick off Betty's chest, and crouches back on top of her, gazing into her soul. No one can see her now. If she starts for the window, cry for me at once. I will, Uncle. The men leave. How is Ruth sick? It's weirdish. I know not. She seems to walk like a dead one since last night. Betty, now stop this. <gasps> Betty, sit up now. Have you tried beating her? I gave Ruth a good one and it wakes her for a minute. I also cleaved a little chunk of belly fat off her and fried it up with an onion. It was delish. Here, let me have her. No, he'll be coming up. Listen now, if they be questioning us, tell them we danced, but only like a prancing pony would. I told him as much already. Aye, and what more? He knows Valak was there. Ugh, he's so hot for a baby. He knows Valak read his poetry and gave us spare butt jewels. I didn't tell him about how Valak smoked us up and played us all Wonderwall and taught us how to French kiss. And what more? He saw you naked. Fuck. 
Enter Mary Warren, <laughs> breathless. She is 17, a subservient, naive, lonely girl. She wears a flowery white nightgown, has long, stringy black hair that comes out in clumps whenever she touches it, <laughs> and her left eye is drooping out of her face, almost melting. What'll we do? The village is out. I just come from the farm. The whole country's talking witchcraft. Baby calling us witches, Abby. She means to tell. I know it. Abby, we've got to tell. Witchery's a hanging error. A hanging like they done in Boston two years ago. As someone who used a poison face cream and now has a dangling left eye forever, I cannot be hanged. Come on. We must tell the truth, Abby. You'll only be whipped for dancing and other things. Oh, we'll be whipped. Yeah, but you like being whipped. You say it makes you feel like a full horse. You say it all the time. I've never done none of it, Abby. I only looked. Oh, you're a great one for looking, aren't you, Mary Warren? With a grand peep and courage you have. Does your left eye even work? Betty? Now, Betty, dear, wake up now. It's Abigail. I'll bite you, Betty, with the strength of my horse jaws. Uh, my, you seem improving. <laughs> I talked to your papa and told him everything. So there's nothing to be scared. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, in an instant, the night hag vanishes. As soon as she's gone, Betty darts up off the bed, frightened of Abigail, and flattens herself against the wall. I want my mama! What ails you, Betty? Your mama's dead and buried. I'll fly to mama. Let me fly. She raises her arms as though to fly and streaks for the window, gets one leg out. Abigail pulls her away from the window. I told him everything. He knows now. He knows everything. You drank blood, Abby. You didn't tell him that. Betty, you never say that again. You will never. You did it, though. You did. Valak brought a handle of Bacardi Raz, and we all got really drunk. We were playing Never Have I Ever, and Never Have I Ever Not Drank Blood. Valak put his thingy down, and you were like, shut up. And Valak was like, NBD, I'll do it right now. And he sliced his own hand and squeezed a bunch of blood into his goblet, mixed it around with the Bacardi Raz. And you were like, can I try it? And he was like, yeah, whatever. And you did. (laughs) And he was like, do you fuck? And you were like, kind of. Then Mercy was like, only Mr. Proctor. (laughs) And we all laughed, and you get fat Mercy. And then Valak was like, wouldn't it be cool if John's wife just died so you guys could just keep boning? And you were like, yeah, duh. Then he goes, surprise, you just drank a charm to kill John Proctor's wife. So you drank a charm to kill Goody Proctor. Abigail smashes her across the face. Shut it! Now shut it! Betty collapses on the bed. Now, look you, all of you, we danced. And Valak explained edging to us. And that is all. And mark this. Let either of you read a word about the other things, and I will come to you in the black of some terrible night, and I will bring a pointy reckoning that will shudder you. I, and I will tear your face off with my horse strength. And you know I can do it. I saw a farmer smash my dear mother's head in the stable next to mine as punishment for being loved by human man and birthing a, sh- a Shinawaba. And I have seen some reddish work done at night. And I can make you wish you had never seen the sun go down. Betty collapses in her hands and lies inert on the bed. What's got her? Abby, she's going to die. It's a sin to conjure. And I, said, I said shut it, Mary Warren! Enter John Proctor, the village bota. John Proctor is a devastatingly handsome man, but wears a hat at all times to cover the very noticeable blowhole on the top of his head. Sometimes, if caught off guard, you'll see him in his true daytime form, a beautiful pink dolphin. On seeing him, Mary Warren leaps in fright. Oh, I'm just going home, Mr. Proctor. Be you foolish, Mary Warren? Be you deaf? Is your left ear also fucked up? I'm honestly asking. I forbid you to leave the house, did I not? 
Why shall I pay you? I am looking for more often than I am looking for you more often than my cows. <laughs> I only come to see the great doings in the world. I'll show you a great do it on your arse one of these days. Now get you home. My wife is waiting with your work. I best be off. I have my Ruth to suck. I mean, watch. Good morning, Mr. Proctor. Mercy sidles out. Since Proctor's entrance, Abigail has stood as though on tiptoe, absorbing his presence wide-eyed. He glances at her, then goes to Betty on the bed. What's this mischief here? <laughs> oh, she's only gone silly somehow. The road past my house is a pilgrimage to Salem all morning. The town's mumbling witchcraft. Oh, posh. We were dancing in the woods last night, and my <laughs> uncle leaped in on us. She took fright is all. Ah, you're wicked yet, aren't you? You'll be clapped in the stocks before you're 20, except they would have to make a new stocks to hit your humongous horse head. A trill of expectant laughter escapes her, <laughs> and she dares to come closer, feverishly looking into his eyes. He takes a step to go, and she springs into his path. Give me a word, John. <clears throat> a soft word. Speak to me in your dolphin voice. No, no, Abby. That's done with. You come five miles to see a silly girl fly? I know you better. I come to see what mischief your uncle's brewing now. Put it out of your mind, Abby. John, I'm waiting for you every night. I wish to see your blowhole again. <laughs> Abby, I never give you hope to wait for my blowhole. I have something better than hope, I think. Abby, you'll put it out of your mind. I'll not be coming for you more. You're surely sporting with me. You know me better. I know how you clutched my back behind your house and sweated like a stallion whenever I come near. Because even though you're half dolphin, my horse head makes you feel like a stallion. And after all, dolphins are the stallions of the ocean. It's your wife put me out. You cannot pretend it were you. I saw your face when she put me out, and you loved me then, and you do now. We are the only half-animal people in town. Come on! Abby, that's a wild thing to say. <laughs> a wild thing may say wild things, but not so wild, I think. I have seen you since she put me out. I have seen you nights. I have hardly stepped off my farm this seven months. I have a sense for heat, John. It's one of my incredible horse magics. And yours has drawn me to the window, and I have seen you looking up, spewing tears out of your blowhole. Do you tell me you've never looked up at my window? I... I may have looked up. And you must. You are no wintry man. I know you, John. I know you. I cannot sleep for dreaming. I cannot dream, but I wake and walk about the house as though I find you flopping through the door in full <laughs> dolphin form with your bright pink blubbery skin silky smooth against my mare. Child. May. May is probably. Child. <laughs> Abby, I may think of you softly from time to time, but I will <laughs> cut off my flipper before I'll ever reach for you again. Wipe it out of mind. We never touched, Abby. Aye, but we did. Aye, but we did not. Oh, I marvel how such a strong porpoise may let such a sickly wife be... You'll speak nothing of Elizabeth. She's blackening my name in the village. She's telling lies about me. She says I lure the village men to the field with my naked butt. <laughs> Only when they are alone and isolated do I show them my full horse face. That's exactly what you do. It's my secret trick. 
And she keeps telling everyone it will not work, John. She's a cold, sniveling woman, and you bend to her. Let her turn you like a... Do you look for a weapon? A psalm is heard being sung below. I look for John Proctor that took me from my sleep and put knowledge in my heart. I never knew what it truly meant to be half animal and half human. I never knew someone so handsome could also be a dolphin. And now you bid me tear the light out of my eyes? I will not. I cannot. You loved me, John Proctor, and whatever sin it is, you love me yet. John, pity me. Pity me. The words going up to Jesus are heard in the psalm, and Betty claps her ears suddenly and whines loudly. Betty? What's she doing? Girl, what ails you? Stop that wailing. The singing has stopped in the midst of this, and now Paris rushes in. What happened? What are you doing to her, Betty? Mrs. Putnam? Oh, no, enters and with her. Mrs. Putnam enters and with her husband, Otzi, and Mercy Lewis. Paris, at the bed, keeps lightly slapping Betty's face while she moans and tries to get up. She heard you singing, and suddenly she's up and screaming. The psalm, the psalm. She cannot bear to hear the Lord's name. No, God forbid. Mercy, run to the doctor. Tell him what's happened here. Mark it for a sign. Mark it. Rebecca Nurse, a 74-year-old breast ghost, floats in. She is a white-haired... Oh, sorry. She is white-haired, leaning upon her walking stick. Her feet are facing the wrong direction, and she has two gigantic, pendulous breasts hanging from her back. Her, it's really hard for everyone not to just go right to them and fall into their embrace. That is a notorious sign of witchcraft afoot, Goody Norse. A pendulous sign, or, um, excuse me, a prodigious sign. Does anyone want a hug? Yes. <laughs> Giles Corey, an 83-year-old Shirime, enters. He is knotted with muscle, canny, inquisitive, and still powerful. He has no face, seems to be wearing no clothing. There is hard sickness here, Giles Corey, so please to keep the quiet. <clears throat> I've said not a word. No one here can testify I've said a word. Is she going to fly again? Man. I guess she flies. Man, be quiet now. Hey, Mrs. Putnam, Anne, Anne, look over here. Anne, uh, Mrs. Putnam looks over at Giles Corey, and in that instant he turns around, le- leans over, and spreads his leg. <laughs> Displaying his butthole to Mrs. Putnam. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Putnam makes intense eye contact with the glittering eye peering out from Gile Corey's butthole. No! Got her. What? What happened? Giles, did you make my wife peer into your butthole eye again? Rebecca floats across the room to the bed. Rebecca simply stands over the child who gradually quiets. What have you done? What do you make of it, Rebecca? Goody nurse, will you go to my Ruth and see if you can wake her? I think she'll wake in time. Pray calm yourselves. I have 11 children, and I am 26 times a grandma, and I have breastfed every single child in this town with my ghost milk. And when it come on them, they will run the devil bow-legged, keeping up with their mischief. I think she'll wake when she tires of it. Aye, that's the truth of it, Rebecca. Hey, John? John, look over here. You're not going to get me this time, Giles. Pray, John, be calm, pause. I think you'd best send Reverend Hale back as soon as he come. This will set us all to arguing again in the society, and we have thought to have peace this year. I think we 
we all rely on the doctor now in good prayer? Rebecca, the doctor's baffled. Also, how come all of my babies die? Sure, yeah, I kill them, but why? You think it's God's work? You should never lose a child. Not grandchild either, and I bury all but one. There are wheels within wheels in this village and fires within fires. When Reverend Hill comes, you will proceed to look for signs of witchcraft here. I, I can't look. <laughs> I have no eyes. <laughs> Let me just out of nowhere say how much I fucking hate church nowadays, Mr. Paris. Why? What a drastic charge. He's kind of right. Most of the children hide in my back breasts because all you do is talk about hell. Let me ask you this. Where is my wood? What? My contract provides I'd be supplied with firewood from the Juboko bleeding tree outside of town. I realize that anyone who comes close to it will have a branch stuck in them and all their blood slurped out in the demon tree, but it's only the best for me and Juboko wood is the best. Because of all the blood in it. It's a simple fucking request. But I am waiting since November for a stick. And even in November, I had to show my frostbitten hands like some London beggar. You are allowed six pound a year to buy your wood, Mr. Paris. I regard that six pound as part of my salary. I am paid little enough without I spend six pound on firewood. Sixty plus six for firewood. The salary is sixty-six pounds, Mr. Proctor. I am not some preaching farmer with a book under my arm. I am a graduate of Harvard College. I went to Harvard. Still, you have looked into my glittering butthole eye so many times, it's almost like you're very stupid. I am not used to this poverty. I have often wondered if the devil has purposefully put me here to make me poor and cold. I swear to God, I cannot understand you people. Mr. Paris, you are the first minister ever to demand the deed to this house. Do I not deserve a house? Look at me. I'm a good boy and always have been. Someone just give me my wood. Just do like I said you were going to do. There is either obedience or the church will burn like hell is burning. Can you speak one minute without we land in hell again? I am sick of hell. It is not for you to say what is good for you to hear. You are a dolphin man. I may speak my heart, I think. What are we, Quakers? We are not Quakers here yet, Mr. Proctor, and you may tell that to your other dolphin friends. Half dolphin! There is a party in this church, and I am not blind. There is a faction and a party. Against you? Yes, a club against people who are not half humans. No, that's not my line. <laughs> against you, I say? <laughs> yes, a club against people so many who people. are not half animals. Why? Then I must find it and join it. He does not mean that. He confessed it now. John, you cannot break charity with your minister. You are another kind, John. Clasp him my breasts. Make your peace. They both do. <sighs> I have to crop to sow and lumber to drag. Oh, I... <laughs> I have a crop to sow and lumber to drag home. What say you, Giles? Let's find the party. He says there's a party. I've changed my opinion of this man, John. Mr. Paris, I beg your pardon. If you just look over here a minute, I'll explain. Paris looks, uh, into. like, into Giles' butthole eye. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> Giles. What I mean is, think on it. Wherefore, is everybody <laughs> suing everybody else? Think on it now. It's a deep thing and dark as a pit. As dark and deep as my butthole eye. I have been six time in court this year. For the butt eye looking, Giles. They're suing you for the butthole stuff. John Proctor, 
I have only last month collected four pound damages for you publicly saying I burned the roof off your house, and I... I never said no such thing, but I paid you for it, so that's weird. Giles... <laughs> Help me drag this lumbar home. My hands are turning to flippers right around this time of day. It's still you. A moment, Mr. Proctor. Miss what lumber are, is it that you're dragging, if I may ask you? Obviously, it's Juboku bleeding tree lumber. Come on! You have... No <laughs> right to the blood tree. It's as old as I am and was my first wife. Look, we can stand here and argue about lumber and deed for 30 minutes, or we can just not. Agreed. I'll have my men on you, Corey. I'll clap her in on you. Enter Reverend John Hale of Beverly. He's carrying a lot of books, but also is extremely drunk. He has a turnip lantern. Yeah, I pray you'd someone take these. Mr. Hale! Oh, it's good to see you again. My, these books are heavy. I stole them. And please, call me Stingy Jack. Reverend Hale, I, are you drinking again? We shall need hard study if it comes to tracking down the old boy. Someone find me a cabinet of gin. Oh, whoa. Hello. You cannot be Rebecca Nurse. I am, sir. I would rec... Whoa, hmm? Do you know me? I would recognize those backwards feet and huge breasts on the wrong side of your body anywhere. Hey, I'm so, sorry, Stingy Jack. Meet Mr. Thomas Putnam, we call him Otzi, and his good wife, Anne. Putnam! I had not expected this such distinguished company. I did not shower for this. Stingy Jack, we look to you to come to our house and save our child. Hey, hang on. There are two ailing childs? Her soul, her soul seems flown away. She sleeps and yet she walks. And it's upsetting to me because I need her to sleep so I can sit heavily on her chest, you know? Mm. I have never seen my family's faces. My eyes <laughs> are mummified. And also, she cannot eat. Oh, cannot eat. Oh, my God. It reminds me of this time I was very drunk on a cobblestone road. And the devil came to collect my soul to hell. And I said, not so fast. And trapped him in a coin with a trick. And, well, the rest is history. I'm Stingy Jack. Oh, Jesus, who are you? This is a farmer dolphin. John Proctor. He don't believe in witches. I never spoke on witches one way or the other. Will you come, Giles? Sure, but just one second. Hey, Stingy Jack, Jack, um, can you look over here for a second? Huh? Stingy Jack looks uh, into Giles' butthole, oh. but he does not look away. Instead, he turns his turnip lantern to face the butthole. The turnip's <laughs> glittering eyes meet the butthole's single <gasps> glittering eye. I have met my best friend. I've heard you to be a sensible man, Mr. Hale. I hope you'll leave some of it in Salem. I'm staying. I love Stingy Jack. I'm going. <laughs> Will you look at my daughter, sir? She has tried to leap out the window. We discovered her this morning on the high road, waving her arms as though she'd fly. Hmm. Hale, narrowing his eyes, tries to fly. She cannot bear to hear the Lord's name, Mr. Hale. That's a sure sign of witchcraft afloat. Oh, uh, no, no, no. But 
Let me instruct you. We cannot look to superstition in this. The devil is precise. The marks of his presence are definite as stone. And I must tell you all that I shall not proceed unless you are prepared to believe me should I find no bruise of hell upon her. Okay? Trust me. The devil is practically my soulmate. We go way back. It is agreed, sir. It is agreed. We will abide by your judgment. Good, then. Now, sir, what were... What were your first warning of this? What were your first warning of this strangeness? Why, sir, I discovered her in indicating. Oh, no, okay. I discovered her and my niece and 10 or 12 of other little girls dancing in the forest last night. You permit dancing? No, no, it it was secret. Hey, I should probably have mentioned this earlier, but I did send Ruth into the woods to try and conjure and hang out with her seven dead sisters to find out why they died. And yeah, again, I did kill them, but how come? Goody Anne, you sent a child to conjure up the dead? Let God blame me, not you. Not you, Rebecca. I will not be judged by you. I am very jealous of your back rack. Also, think about it. Is it a natural work to lose seven children before they live a day? Shh. Mm. I'm turning away. <laughs> yes, Rebecca turns away. She's in pain. There's a pause. Seven dead in childbirth. I... Hale thinks goes to a book. Everyone waits with bated breath. What book is that? Shh, shh. What's there, sir? No, 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 shh. <laughs> Here is all the invisible world. Cut, defined, and calculated. In these books, the devil stands stripped of all his brute disguises. Here, all your familiar spirits... Your incubi, your succubi, your <laughs> witches that go by land, by air, by sea, your wizards of the night and of the day. Have no fear now. We shall find him out if he has come among us. And I mean to crush him utterly if he has shown his face. Hail vomits <laughs> all over the I'm fine. I'm fine. Well. Will it hurt the child, sir? I cannot tell. If she is truly in the devil's grip, we may have to rip and tear to get her free. I think I'll go then. I'm too old for this. Come, Stingy Jack. Let's get on. Sit you here. Jack, I have always wanted to ask a learned man, what signifies the reading of strange books? What books? I cannot tell. She hides them. Who does this? Martha, my wife. I have waked at night many a time and found her in the corner reading of a book. What do you make of that? Mm. Well, that's not necessary. It discomforts me. Last night, Martha's, Martha's, I tried and tried and could not say my prayers. And then she closed her book and walks out of the house and suddenly, Martha's, I could pray again. Ah, the stoppage <laughs> of prayer. Well, that is strange. I'll speak further on that with you. Yeah, I'm not saying she's touched the devil now, but I'd admire to know what books she reads and why she hides them. She'll not answer me, you see. Also, I don't know if you notice this, but uh, I don't have a face, so I can't read at all, and it, it kind of hurts my feelings when she does it. Mm. Maybe that's why she waits until you're asleep. Ooh. <laughs> okay, let's fucking do this. <laughs> Betty. Betty. 
Betty. Betty, dear, will you sit up? Can you hear me? I'm John Hale, Minister of Beverly, but the devil calls me Stingy Jack. I have come to help you, dear. How can it be the devil? Why would you choose my house to strike me of all manner of licentious people in the village? What victory would the devil have to win a soul already? That it is the best the devil wants. And who is better than the minister? Mm, that's deep, Mr. Paris. Deep, deep. Mm. Are you sure the devil is your best friend? Because honestly, I love you. Betty, answer Stingy Jack. Betty! Does someone afflict you, child? It need not be a woman, mind you, or a man. Perhaps some bird invisible to others comes to you. Mm, perhaps a pig, <laughs> mm, a mouse, or or any beast at all. Is threesome finger birds you fly? Abigail comes in. <laughs> what the fuck? Jack, calm down. Is this really happening? I am the. Am I the drunkest I have ever been? Stingy Jack, this is Abigail. She's a Siwanaba. Okay, 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 okay. I'm. Fuck. I can't believe that is real. Oh, whoo. Okay. No, I'm back. So, Abigail, what. What the fuck happened? Why, common dancing is all. <laughs> I think I ought to say that I I saw a kettle in the grass where they were dancing. That was only soup. What sort of soup were in this kettle, Abigail? I'm just <laughs> asking because I love soup. Why, there were beans mm. and lentils, I think, and... Uh, Mr. Draperis, you did not notice, did you, any living thing in the kettle? A mouse, perhaps. A spider. A frog. I do believe there was some movement in the soup. Uh, That jumped in. We never put it in. What jumped in? Why, a a very little frog (gasps) jumped in. A frog, Abby! Abigail, it may be your cousin is dying. (laughs) And I realize that the most important thing is to focus on right now. But be be honest with me. How was the soup? I never called the devil. Look, we met this new guy, Valak. Oh, hold up. Valak is here? She called the devil? I should like to speak with Valak. Goodian, will you bring Valak? So, how did Valak call the devil exactly? I don't know. He kind of just whispered something to his dragon. Did you feel any strangeness, like, in your loins when he whispered to those dragons? (laughs) A sudden uh, cold wind, perhaps? A trembling below the ground? Or, like I, like I said, like in your loins? I didn't see no devil. Betty, Betty, wake up! Betty! Betty! You cannot evade me, Abigail. Did your cousin drink any of the soup? When she wakes up, would she be able to describe this soup to me? She never drank it. Did you drink it? No, sir. If Valak told you to eat the soup, would you have? Are you in love with him? I refused. Why are why are you concealing? Have you sold yourself to Lucifer? Was the soup delicious? I never sold myself. <laughs> 
thought Nementors was Vala could top his double-headed dragon and instantly Abigail points at him. This tiny boy made me do it! Who the fuck are all these people? He made me drink blood! Blood? My baby's blood? <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I can't believe you did it. You have no idea if I have like a blood disease or something, which yes, I do. Hey, Valak. Oh, shit. Stingy Jack. I haven't seen you in 10 years since the last time the devil almost took your soul for the second time. He's kidding everyone. <laughs> okay, back to this. Are you silencing this child? Nah. You have sent your spirit out upon this child. Have you not? Are you gathering souls for the devil? He did tickle me in church a couple weeks ago. She have often laughed a prayer. Also, he all the time knocking on my door and being like, hey, want to go drink my blood? You came you are practically begging me for blood. Don't lie. He comes to me while I sleep. He is always making me dream corruption. I'm the president of hell. Of course I am. Sometimes I wake and find myself standing in the open doorway and not a stitch on my body. What can I say? You're a slut for blood. When did you compact with the devil? Literally all the time. <laughs> you will confess yourself if I will or I will take you out and whip you to your death. I'm very hot for that. This little tiny little tiny boy <laughs> must be hanged. Look, I don't know why this is a surprise to all of you. My name is Valak, President of Hell. That's how I signed my lease. That's how I introduced myself. You guys should have known right away who my master was. The devil? And you saw. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm saying yes to all of this. Now, Valak, I know that when we bind ourselves to hell, it is very hard to break with it. We are, we're going to help you tear yourself free. Not interested. However, I gotta say, I have nothing to do with this Betty stuff. It's beautiful work, but I can't take credit for it. What? I didn't do this particular witchcraft. It could have been anyone. The devil has so many pals. Does he? It is a clue. But let it be known that I am alone am his best friend. Valak. Look into Giles's butthole eye. Come, look into it. Tell me now, do you love these children, these little children? Most of them are teenagers. I am, I am the only little child. And you love God? No. Open yourself. Open yourself and let God's holy light shine upon you. I'm not doing that. I know you're just trying to get me away from Satan so you can have them all to yourself. When the devil comes to you, does he ever come... With another person? Perhaps another person in the village? Because he's been... Because he's been ignoring my letters and, like, I kind of suspect someone else is coming between us. Who came with him? Sarah Good? Did you ever see Sarah Good with him? Or Osborne? Was it man or woman came with him? Uh, woman? What woman? A woman, you said? What woman? I didn't really see, honestly, it's hard to focus on anything besides this, this butthole eye right now. You could see him! Why could you not see her? Well, last time I saw Satan, he was at that bonfire party me and your daughters had this past weekend. Long pause. Valak kisses the butthole eye. You, um, you have confessed yourself to witchcraft, and that speaks a wish to come to heaven's side. And we will bless you, Valak. No, thank you. Okay, fair enough. Like I said, all your daughters were hanging out with me and the devil. Also, Paris, he does want me to murder you. Kill me? 
He said, Mr. Paris must be killed. He has heard about how much you love talking about hell. He really cannot wait for you to come live with him there someday. But I, I tell him, no, we don't want Paris to come live with us. But he says, as president of hell, you work for, for Paris. He's one of your constituents. And I say, fuck you, dad. And then he picks me up by my bib and says, look, I need more souls. And I look, and in that moment, I saw this one lady. Sarah Good? Who? And Goody Osborne. What? Who Who are they? I knew it. Goody Osborne were midwife to me three times. I begged you, Otzi, did I not? I begged him not to call Osborne because I feared her. My babies always shriveled in her hands, but first in my hands as I sucked out their life force. Abigail rises, staring as though inspired, and cries out. I want to open myself. I want the light of God. I want the sweet love of Jesus. I dance for the devil. I saw him. I wrote in his book. I go back to Jesus. I kiss his hand. I saw Sarah Good with the devil. I saw Goody Osborne with the devil. I saw Bridget Bishop with the devil. As she is speaking, Betty is rising from the bed, a fever in her eyes, and picks up the chant. I saw George Jacobs with the devil. I saw Goody Howe with the devil. She speaks. She speaks. Glory to Satan. This is all happening. Where's where's my turnip lantern? I saw Martha Bellows with the devil. I saw Goody Sibber with the devil. The marshal. I'll call the marshal. I saw Alice Barrow with the devil. Let the marshal bring soup. I saw Goody Hawkins with the devil. I saw Goody Bibber with the devil. I saw Goody Book with the devil. I'm the devil's favorite boy. No! The curtain falls. End of act one. Proctor's house eight days later. At the right is a door opening on the field outside. A fireplace is at the left and behind it a stairway leading upstairs. It is the low, dark, and rather long living room of the time. As the curtain rises, the room is empty. From above, Elizabeth is heard softly singing to the children. Mm-hmm. Presently, the door opens and John Proctor enters, mm-hmm. mid-transformation back to a human. Mm-hmm. He has been out swimming. He glances about the room as he comes toward the fireplace to dry off. Then he halts for an instant as he hears her singing. He continues on to the fireplace, leans the gun, he doesn't have a gun, leans his flipper against the wall as he swings a pot out of the fire and smells it. Then he lifts out the ladle and tastes. He's horrified to discover it is fish. And yet, he can't stop himself. As he is tasting again, he, he hears footsteps on the, on the stairs. He swings the pot on, into the fireplace and goes to a basin and washes his flippers in face. Elizabeth enters. What keeps you so late? It's almost dark. Swimming in dolphin form. Ah, well, try to come back a little sooner next time. You know nighttime is my only time to eat. I lost track of time. It's fine. Are you well today? I am. Did you try the fish? Elizabeth, we talked about this. Oh, damn it, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting since I... Only eat humans, I know. Pray God, it hurts my soul to eat them, but it's the curse of an Oswang. At least you can still befriend people. Being an Oswang really isn't all that bad. Aye. Also, if the crop is good, I'll buy George Jacob's heifer. Would that please you? Yeah, okay. I mean to please you, Elizabeth. I know it, John. He gets up, goes to her, kisses her. She receives it. With a certain disappointment, he returns to the table. Cider? What about it? Never mind. You ought to bring some flowers in the house. John, I love you, but... 
please eat faster. You know I need to travel to a whole different town just to find something to kill and eat. Lilac is the smell of nightfall, I think. Massachusetts is a beauty in the spring. Jesus. I think you're sad again. Are you? No, I'm really hungry. I keep on telling you. Why? I want to go to Salem. Okay, but... Mary Warren's there today. What? You heard me forbid her to go to Salem anymore. I couldn't stop her. It is a fault. It is a fault, Elizabeth. You're the mistress here, not Mary Warren. She frightened all my strength away. Elizabeth, you eat people. Not my friends. But... Did you know it's a proper court they have now? They've sent four judges out of Boston, she says, weighty magistrates of the general court. And at the head sits the deputy governor of the province. I can tell you want to eat those magistrates. Desperately. What's more, they have 14 prisoners accused of witchcraft. The deputy governor promises hanging if they've not confessed, John. The town's gone wild, I think. She speak of Abigail and thought she were a saint to hear her. Abigail brings the other girls into the court where she walks. The crowd will part like the Sea of Israel, mainly because a lot of these city folk have never seen a horsehead woman before. And they scream and howl and fall to the floor, and the person's clapped in jail for bewitching them. Oh, it is a black mischief. I think you must go to Salem, John. I think so. You <clears throat> must tell them it's a fraud. Aye, it is. It is, surely. Let you go to Ezekiel Achiever. He knows you well. And tell him she said to you la- what she said to you last week in her uncle's house. She said it not to do with witchcraft, did she not? Kind of. She did say she hung out with the president of hell. God forbid to keep you from that court, John. I think they must be told. Aye, they must. They must. It is a wonder they do believe her. I would go to Salem now, John. Let you go tonight. I'll think on it. You cannot keep it, John. Okay, I get it. But it's going to be hard to prove no one else was there to hear her. You were alone with her? Uh, for a moment alone, I... What? Then it is not as you told me. For a moment, I say. The others come in soon after. Do as you wish, then. Ah, swang. <laughs> I'll not have your suspicion anymore. I have no... I'll not have it! Then let you not earn it. You doubt me yet. John, if it were not Abigail that you must go to hurt, would you falter now? I think not. Now look you! I see what I see, John. And I can also see extremely well in Oswang form. I am a shape-shifter, John. <laughs> How am I not the ultimate lover? You will not judge me more, Elizabeth. I have good reason to think before I charge fraud on Abigail, and I will think on it. Let you look to your own improvement before you go to judge your husband anymore. I have forgot, Abigail, Say. and I... Spare me. You forget nothing and forgive nothing. Learn charity, woman. I have gone tiptoe in that house all seven months since she is gone. I have not moved from there to there without, I think, to please you. And still, an everlasting funeral marches round your heart. I cannot speak, but I am doubted. Every moment judged for lies. As though I come into a court when I come into this house. This is what you get. 
You're lucky I don't transform into my true form and shove my large proboscis into your stomach and snort out your guts. I am fast and silent, and I can hide behind a bamboo pole. I'll plead my honesty. No more, Elizabeth. You could easily have also become an Oswang when we got married, but no, you didn't want me to regurgitate the little black chicken that lives in me into your mouth and have to swallow it. (laughs) No more! I should have roared you down when first you told me your suspicion. But I wilted, and like a Christian, I confessed. Confessed! Some dream I had must have mistaken you for God that day. But you're not. You're not. And let you remember it. You let you look sometimes for the goodness in me and judge me not. I do not judge you. The magistrate sits in your heart that judges you. I never thought you but a good man, John, only somewhat bewildered. Oh, Elizabeth, your justice would freeze beer. Beer, Elizabeth, it would freeze it. He turns suddenly toward a sound outside. Oh, sorry. He he turns suddenly towards a sound outside. He starts for the door as Mary Warren enters. As soon as he sees her, he goes directly to her and grabs her by her cloak. Furious. Also, we need to quiet down because it's peaking on the recorder. Go on. Uh, how do you go to Salem when I forbid it? Do you mock me? I'm sick. I'm sick. Oh. I'm, I'm fully poisoned all in my face. We know. <laughs> and what of these proceedings here? When will you proceed to keep this house as you are paid nine pounds a year to do, and my wife not wholly well? Mary Warren goes to Elizabeth with a small rag doll. I made a gift for you today, Goody Proctor. I had to sit long hours in a chair and pass the time with sewing. Why, thank you. It's a fair poppet. Please, call it Robert. Robert the doll. He's my friend and he speaks to me. We must all love each other now, Goody Proctor. I am trembling and decaying. Mary, I'm not going to eat you. You don't have to give me presents. (laughs) I'll get up early in the morning and clean the house, but I must sleep now. She turns off and starts off. Mary, is it true? There be 14 women arrested? No, sir. There be 39 now. Woody Osborne will hang. Hang? Hang, you say? The deputy governor will permit it? He sentenced her. He must, to ameliorate it. But not Sarah Good, (coughs) for Sarah Good confessed, you see. Confessed to what? That she, she sometimes hangs out with Valak, and she hid some beer in her room for him, and they stole some violins. Also, she fed him her blood and bound herself to torment Christians till God's thrown down, and we must all worship hell forevermore. But surely you know what a jabberer she is. Did you tell them that? Mr. Proctor, in open court, she near to <clears throat> choked us all to death. How choked you? She sent her spirit out. Oh, Mary, Mary, surely you know only someone like me can do that. Only an Aswang or some other kind of amazing demon. Yeah, she tried to kill me many times, Goody Proctor. She mumbles. Mumbles? She may mumble if she's, for example, a little hungry. By the way, I am so fucking hungry. Yeah, but what does she mumble? You must remember, Goody Proctor, last month, uh, Monday, I think... She walked away, and I thought my guts would burst for two days after. Do you remember that? Mary, you are literally (laughs) rotting forever. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. You're poisoned and cursed. This is not new. Yeah. 
But then Judge Hawthorne said, recite for us your commandments. And then all of the ten, she could not say a single one. She never knew, no commandments, and they had her in a flat lie. Guys, we have to right away memorize those. <laughs> right away. <laughs> oh, by the way, Goody Good is pregnant. Pregnant? Are they mad? The woman's near to 60. Yeah. They had Dr. Griggs examine her. She's full to the brim. <laughs> and smoking a pipe all these years. And no husband either. Anyway, I couldn't get enough to looking at that 60-year-old pregnant lady, so I signed up to be an official court person. Man, that is so <laughs> fucked up of you. You can barely even see anything out of your slippery, loose eye. How can you even tell what's happening? <laughs> the devil is loose in Salem, and we must discover where he's hiding. He's not hiding anywhere. His tiny president boy is renting the minister's attic room. He is right there. You're forbidden from returning to Salem. And also, I'm going to whip you now using my dolphin tail. I saved Elizabeth's life today. Uh, I'm accused? Somewhat mentioned, but I said I never see no sign of you ever sent your spirit out to hurt no one. And seeing I do live so closely with you, they dismissed it. That is technically true. Your spirit doesn't hurt anyone. I have no spirit or soul. It's your shape-shifting body that kills. Who accused me? I'm bound by law. I cannot tell it. But from now on, I'm doing whatever I want in your house. Go slowly die, Mary. <laughs> I'll not be ordered to die no more, Mr. Proctor. I am 18 and a woman, however single. All right, do whatever you want, then. I wish to die! Go die it, then. <laughs> Good night. Mary Warren leaves. If I don't get some human meat in me soon. <laughs> Girl. Mm. Oh. I need that meat. <laughs> Elizabeth. She wants me dead. I knew all week it would come to this. They dismissed it. You heard her say. And what if tomorrow? She will cry me out until they take me. And then what? They are, They realize they can't kill me regular type. But guess what? I'm an Aswang. Sit you down. They have a fault. You have a faulty understanding of young girls. There is a promise made in any bed. What promise? Spoke or silent. A promise is surely made. And she may dote on it now, I am sure she does, and thinks to kill me, then to take my place. That is her dearest hope, John. I know it. There be a thousand names. Why does she call mine? There be a certain danger in calling such a name. I am no goody-good that sleeps in ditches, nor Osborne, drunk and half-witted. She dare not call out such a farmer's wife, but there be a monstrous prophet in it. She thinks to take my place, John. She cannot think it. John, have you ever shown her somewhat of contempt? She cannot pass you in the church, but you will blush. I am a pink dolphin, Elizabeth. She, I think she sees another meaning in that pinkness. And what see you? What see you, Elizabeth? I think you'd be somewhat ashamed to be around both of us, knowing there are two people in the room who have seen your blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> when will you know me, woman? Were I stone, I would have cracked for shame this seven months. Then go and tell her she's a whore. Whatever promise she may sense, break it, John, break it. I will curse her hotter than the oldest cinder in hell, but pray begrudge me not my anger. Your anger? I only ask you... Woman... Am I so base? Do you truly think me base? I never called you base. Then how do you charge me with such a promise? The promise that a stallion gives a mare. I give that girl. Did you just say stallion? Liz. Are you fucking 
kidding me? Listen. Is it because I'm not half animal? You do know I am a shapeshifter, like I keep saying. Look. It's not like I can't have a horse head. Look at this. Just, just fucking look at this. Elizabeth turns her head into that of a horse. You like that? Does that turn you on? She shapeshifts her head into a few different breeds. Clydesdale, Andalusian, Percheron, Arabian, Mustang, Hanoverian, Missourian <laughs> Foxtrotter, Holsteiner, Irish Draft, American Cream Draft, Campolina, Cleveland Blake, Caspian, Appaloosa, Brumby. Stop that... That's the one. Proctor turns into full dolphin form. They approach each other. But suddenly, as though from the air, a figure appears in the doorway. They start slightly. It is Stingy Jack. He is different now, drawn a little, and there's a quality of deference, even of guilt, about his manner. He's just way more drunk. How many horse people live in this town? Why, Stingy Jack, uh, good evening to you, sir. Come in, come in. Elizabeth turns back into a regular-looking person. Oh, my God! What is real? I'm sorry. I was a bit startled. It's only that I heard no horse... You heard... You heard no... Can I sit down, Goody Proctor? Hi, this is Elizabeth. Oh, cool. Do you have any soup? No, no, but here is some fish. We are not used to visitors after dark, but you're welcome here. Mm. This fish is almost as good as soup. Will you drink cider, Jack? No. It rebels my stomach. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll take all the cider you have. Are you here on business of the court? No, no. I come on my own without the court's authority. To be honest with you, I got extremely lost and just wandered over here. Hear me. Hear me. Okay. Listen. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Okay. Yeah, we're listening. We got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, listen. Okay. All right. Because right. you got to hear me out. <laughs> I know not if you are aware, but your wife's name is... Mentioned in the court. Mm-hmm. We know it, sir. Our Mary Warren told us. We are entirely amazed. Okay, well, I am Satan's <laughs> best friend, as you know. Yes. So, mm-hmm. this afternoon and right. now tonight, I go from house to house just drinking as I go. Sure, sure. Okay. I come now from Rebecca Nurse's house, and Jesus, I mean, I know she's old, but those back tits, uh-huh. it's too bad she's gonna hang. Rebecca's charged? God forbid those breasts to rot, but yes. You will never believe, I hope, that Rebecca is trafficked with the devil. Well, we did make out, so... <laughs> Surely you didn't. This is a strange time, mister. No man may longer doubt the powers of the dark are gathered in a monstrous attack upon this village. There is too much evidence now to deny it. You will agree, sir. I have no knowledge in that line. But it's hard to think so pious a woman be secretly a devil's bitch after 70 year of such good prayer and breasts. I I, I know breasts. Great big breasts. Hanging breasts. But, you know, the devil is a wild one. You cannot deny it. Mm. And like I said, we made out. (laughs) Hey, though... I thought to put some questions as to the Christian character of this house, if you'll permit me. <laughs> Why, we <clears throat> we 
have no fear or question, sir. Good! Then, in the book of record that Mr. Parrish keeps, I note that you are rarely in the church on Sabbath day. No, sir, you are mistaken. Mm, 26 times in 17 months, sir, I must call that rare. <laughs> Will you tell me why you are so absent? My wife were sick this winter. Why could you not come alone? I surely did come when I could, and when I could not, I prayed in this house. But did you really? Look, did Paris show you his golden candlesticks? What golden candlesticks? Since we built the church there, there were pewter candlesticks upon the altar. <laughs> Francis Nurse made them, you know, and a sweeter hand never touched the metal. But Paris came, and for twenty weeks he preached nothing but golden candlesticks until he had them. And he will not stop fucking complaining about the blood tree and his fucking firewood owning his house. I swear, I would love to dolphin slap Paris right in the nuts. Yes, Sam. You got kids? Aye, boys. How comes it that only two are baptized? I like it not that Mr. Paris should lay his hand upon my baby. I see no light of God in that man, and I'll not conceal it. I must say, Mr. Proctor, that it is not for you to decide. The man is ordained, therefore the light of God is in him. What's your deal, Jack? I have no... I nailed the roof upon the church. I hung the door Wow. <laughs> oh. It may be I have been too quick to bring the man to book, but you cannot think we ever desired the destruction of religion. I think that's in your mind, is it not? I'm just trying to see if you guys are good or evil. Okay, okay. good. I'm, I'm being frank. I don't care either way. <laughs> that being said, do you know your commandments, Elizabeth? I, I surely do. There be no mark of blame upon my life, Mr. Hale. I am a covenanted Christian woman and definitely not a shapeshifter. I've never eaten human meat. It's not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> and you, mister? <laughs> I am sure I do, sir. Cool. Can you tell me then? I've always been kind of curious. Don't forget the adultery one, John. Okay, you know what? There be no love for Satan in this house, and we are going to bed now. Okay, this may be weird, but do you guys have a spare bedroom? I probably can walk. That depends. Do you think I'm a witch? Judy Proctor, I do not judge you. My duty is to add what I may to the godly wisdom of the court. I pray you both good health and good fortune. I think you must tell him, John. What's that? Hmm? <laughs> I have no witness and cannot prove it, except my word be taken. But I know the children's sickness had not to do with witchcraft. Not to do? Mr. Paris discovered them sporting in the woods. Just sporting like they do. They were startled and took sick. Who told you this? Abigail Williams. O-M-G. The horsehead girl? She said it was not witchcraft. She told me the day you came, sir. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I never knew until tonight that the world has gone daft with this 
nonsense. Oh, I assure you, it is not nonsense. Abigail is probably definitely lying, <laughs> but the devil is super real, and he tried to kill me twice, but I tricked him by collecting crucifixes and asking him for an apple. <laughs> It's complicated, but I'm like a genius, believe me. Would you guys feel okay testifying in court about Abigail's big fat lies? I had not reckoned with going to court, but if I must, I will. Proctor, buddy. Yeah. Hey. Okay. I I love you, man. Take your head off me. (laughs) Come on, come here. Let me be open with you now. For I have a rumor that troubles me. Okay. It is said you hold no belief that there may even be witches in this world. I, I, I'm like, that's he doesn't think that, but is that true? <laughs> Look, I know not what I've said. I may have said it. Uh, I know there are dolphin people and horse people, but poison melty face people and presidents of hell, but... Well, then you do not believe I have no knowledge of it. And you, woman? No. What? Elizabeth, you bewilder him. I, I just feel like, take for example, shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. You know about those. Mm-hmm. If there is already someone so radically cool as a shapeshifter, what need we for witches? But, Seems redundant. Okay, but woman, okay, <laughs> woman. <laughs> You do believe there are witches, like in. I, I, if you think that I am one, then I say there are none. Giles Corey appears in a doorway. In John. the doorway. <clears throat> John. Giles, what's the matter? But Giles shows John his butthole. Eh? <laughs> Giles, <laughs> not a good time. Sorry, sorry. They take my wife. <laughs> Francis Nurse enters. He's delicious roast turkey on fire. And his Rebecca. A fiery turkey. You are a lucky man. Rebecca's in the jail? (laughs) Is she? (laughs) Francis, is she jailed? (laughs) You guys can't hear that turkey talk? Can you? Oh, yeah. He said we should talk to the deputy governor. Calm down, delicious Mr. Nurse. How is Rebecca charged, Mr. Nurse? Okay. Oh, give, give me a second to translate. Uh-huh. Okay. They look at the roast turkey on fire for a while. Yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, you don't say. Wait, what? Say that again? Oh, okay. Okay, got it. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. He says it's for murder, for the marvelous and supernatural murder of Goody Putnam's babies. Really? You guys can't hear this turkey? It's like loud and clear for me. Oh, wow. If Rebecca Nurse be tainted, then nothing's left to stop this whole green world from burning. How may such a woman murder children? Oh, my God. What? This turkey is hilarious. I never said my wife were a witch, Mr. Hale. I only said you were reading books. I'm going to eat Mr. Nurse. <laughs> Enter Ezekiel Cheever. A shocked silence. Ezekiel is a naked boy radiating a beautiful light. He descended into the home from the chimney like a tiny, naked, glowing mini Santa. Good evening to you, Proctor. Why, Mr. Cheever, good evening. Good evening, all. Good evening, Mr. Hale. Radiant boy. I don't go by that anymore. 
Does Valak know you're here? Keep my brother out of this. No, I'm, I'm so telling him. Enter Marshal Herrick, a giant starving skeleton. What <laughs> is going on? Now believe me, Proctor, how heavy be the law, all its stonage I do carry on my back tonight. I have a warrant for your wife. Stingy Jack, you said you were not charged. She were not charged, neither. Uh, She's not charged. <laughs> yeah, I said that, but I'm extremely drunk. I am given 16 warrant tonight, sir, and she is one. Who charged her? Why, Abigail Williams charged her. Fuck you. On what proof? <laughs> what proof? Look, <laughs> Mr. Proctor, I have little time. The court bid me search your house, but I like not to search a house. So, will you hand me any puppets that your wife may keep here? Puppets? I've never kept no puppets, not since I were a girl. I spy a puppet, Goody Proctor. Oh, what, why, that's Robert the doll. Give this tiny boy the doll. He obviously <laughs> needs a toy. Jack, please. Who wants dark meat? <laughs> why, it is a needle. Herrick, Herrick, it is a needle. Do you hear that, gigantic skeleton? Why, this go hard with her, Proctor, this... I had my doubts, Proctor. I had my doubts. But here's calamity. You see it, sir? It is a needle. Why? What's What meaning has it? The girl, the Williams girl, Abigail Williams, sir, she sat down to dinner in Reverend Paris's house tonight, and it was truly disgusting watching her slurp and chew with that huge horse mouth I almost threw up. And without word nor warning, she falls to the floor like a struck beast, he says, and screamed a scream that a horse would weep to hear, and he goes to save her and stuck two inches in the flesh of her belly. He'd draw a needle out. Why? She done it herself. I hope you're not talking this for proof, Stingy Jack. Hale is eating Mr. Nurse the fiery turkey. Enter Elizabeth and Mary Warren. Here now, Mary, how did this puppet come into my house? You mean Robert? Well, I think it's mine. I made it in the court, sir, and give it to Goody Proctor tonight. Mary Warren, a needle have been found inside this puppet! I meant no harm by it, baby tiny, sir. Let you ask Susanna Walcott. She saw me selling it in court. Susanna Walcott floats into the room. She still is that same candle. Well, Susanna? Yes, she's telling the truth. Susanna? Yeah, yes, I'm saying yes. This is useless. I wish I was not a candle. Ask Abby. Abby sat beside me when I made it. I fucking hate Abigail, and I wish she was dead. You've heard that, sir. Ripped out of this world. Herrick, you heard it. Yeah, giant skeleton, did you hear that? Proctor, please do not rip my warrant. I am just a harbinger of ill fortune. Out with you. You've ripped the deputy governor's warrants, man. I'll go, John. You will not go. This starving skeleton looks like it's going to pick you up and take you out of here. That happens. Okay, I know this looks bad, but listen. There is plenty of turkey left for the rest of us. You are a coward. Though you be ordained in God's own tears... (laughs) 
you. I say again, sir, you are a coward. You are a coward. <laughs> Though you be ordained in God's own tears, you are a coward uh, now. Okay, Proctor, I cannot think God be provoked so grandly by such a petty cause. Also, I am very sorry. I ate Rebecca's husband. But like I said, there's more of him left, and he is very delicious. And uh, wait, I. The fiery wait, turkey rematerializes huh? as a whole perfectly roasted turkey wait. as if none had been eaten. Praise Satan. I am your slave, fiery turkey. Good night, guys. Hale slumps to the floor and falls asleep. You're coming to court with me, Mary. You will tell it in the court. I cannot charge murder on Abigail. You will tell the court how that puppet come here and who struck the needle in. Please call him Robert, and also she'll kill me for saying that. I'll protect you with my dolphin strength. No one is afraid of you, sir. A pink dolphin does not scare them. Go to die, Mary. Fine. My left eye is completely dripped off my face anyway. The curtain falls. Act three. The general court. As the curtain rises, the room is empty, but for sunlight pouring through the high windows in the back wall. Room is solemn, forbidding. Heavy beams jut out. Boards of random widths make up the wall. At the right are two doors leading into the meeting house proper, where the court is being held. The door opens and Giles is half carried into the vestry room by Herrick, the giant starving skeleton. Hale follows. Hands off, damn you skeleton. Let me go. I bring evidence. It's me. I made it to court. They'll be hanging my wife for reading. Judge Hathorne enters. He's in his 60s, a bitter, remorseless roll of floating toilet paper. How dare you dare come roaring into this court? Are you going daft, Corey? (laughs) You're not a Boston judge yet, toilet paper. You'll not call me daft. Enter Deputy Governor Danforth. Behind him, radiant boy Ezekiel Shever in Paris. Danforth is a gruesome and small Toyol goblin child of some humor and sophistication that does not, however, interfere with an exact loyalty to his position and his cause. Who is this man? (laughs) My name is Corey, sir. Giles Corey. I have 600 acres and timber in addition. It is my wife you be condemning now. And how do you imagine to help her cause with such contemptuous riot? Hmm? More importantly, do you have any tiny mirrors, needles, thimbles, fun toys and trinkets for me? I love fun. They be telling lies about my wife, sir. I... Do you see my sharpened goblin teeth? <laughs> I mean business. Oh, Your Excellency, I-, I only said she were reading books, sir. They come and take her out of huh? the house for... What? Books? What books? It's my third wife, sir. I never had no wife that'd be so taken with books. I thought to find the cause of it, you see, but there were no witch I blamed her for. Excellency, I have a single button for you. I love this button! Thank you! Everyone leave! Turkey Francis comes in. Who's this fiery turkey? His wife's Rebecca and that were condemned this morning. Anyone? Help! Uh, (laughs) I am arresting this turkey for contempt, sir. Who are you, Turkey? Tell us. That runs in. I can help. Hang on, hang on. Okay, this is Francis Nurse. Rebecca Tit Husbands, the fiery turkey. I am under his thrall. This is contempt, sir. Contempt. Peace, toilet paper. Do you know who I am, Mr. Nurse? He says yes. And do you know that near to four 
in the jails from Marblehead to Linda and upon my signature. He, he does, he does. <laughs> Enter Giles Corey from left. I don't know. I guess he's out there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they all left. All turned to see. He beckons in Mary Warren with Proctor. Mary is keeping her eye eye to the ground. Proctor has her elbow as though she were near collapse. Hey, everyone, look at this. They all look into the glittering butthole eye. (laughs) Did you not tell me Mary Warren was sick in bed? Who is this? John Proctor, sir. Elizabeth Proctor is my wife. Beware this man, your excellency. This man is mischief. Uh, Paris, no one likes you. No one. <laughs> I never saw no spirits. I cannot hear you. It were pretense, she says. Ah, uh-huh. and the other girls? Susanna Walcott and the others. They are also pretending. <laughs> <laughs> Susanna's a candle. Indeed. <laughs> Dolphin man, I understand well. A husband's tenderness may drive him to extravagance in defense of a wife. I don't know this personally, for I am a goblin and only love small trinkets. But I have seen it in the many homes I nest in. Are you certain in your conscience, mister, that your evidence is the truth? It is, and I will surely, you will surely know it. What is your purpose in telling the court? I would free my wife, sir. There looks nowhere in your heart nor hidden in your spirit any desire to undermine this court? Why, no, sir. Goblin King? Radiant Mr. Cheever? (laughs) When we come to take his wife, he damned the court and ripped your warrant. Now you have it? I'm digging into Francis Nurse if anyone wants a sandwich. He did that, Mr. Hare? I'm not sure what was real last night. It were a temper, sir. I knew not what I did. Mr. Proctor, have you ever seen the devil? No, sir. A tiny demon president does live in Paris's attic. I don't know why nobody is admitting this. Also, have I told you guys about the time I tricked Satan into buying me some drinks? He plows on Sunday. Now on Sunday? Sorry, John. I I have once or twice plowed on Sunday. I have three children, sir, and until last year, my land gave little. You'll find other Christians that do plow on Sunday, if the truth be known, but just peer into my butthole for proof. Uh, hang on. The turkey's saying... Uh-huh. Okay. Oh. Okay, he still wants you to free Rebecca Tits. Toilet paper? (laughs) The note. Ah, yes, yes. (laughs) Mr. Proctor, this morning your wife sent me a claim in which she states she is pregnant now. My wife pregnant? There be no sign of it. We have examined her body and looked for a witch's teat. But alas, no third nipple. But if she say she is pregnant, then she must be. That woman will never lie, Mr. Danforth. Did she mention if she feels like a child might be half dolphin or half something else? Who knows what? But for example, maybe half Oswan. What? It's fine. I will let her be kept another month. And if she begin to show her natural signs, 
You shall have her living yet another year until she is delivered. Will you drop this charge now since she's fine for like a year or something? No. Okay, then your purpose is somewhat larger. A baby goblin can always tell. <laughs> He's come to overthrow this court, Your Honor. Just shut up. I hate you. I hate Paris. I hate you. I hate you so much. These are my friends. Their wives are also accused. I judge you not, sir. I am ready to hear your evidence. Hang on. This turkey has a paper that people sign saying Becca Boobs, his old wife, <laughs> is not a baby killer, so you should look at it. I think tall those who signed ought to be examined, sir. Raina and naked. <laughs> Radiant? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Radiant and naked Mr. Cheever have warrants drawn for all of these. Arrest for examination. Now, mister, what other information do you have for us? Wait, fuck. What is it? You're arresting the turkey list? Yes. Oh, okay, whoa, okay, no. Okay, buddy Francis, this really backfired, I'm sorry. No, old man turkey, you have not hurt these people if they are of good conscience. But you must understand... I need some presents and small candies soon, or my strength will dwindle. Mary, now remember what the angel Raphael said to the boy Tobias. Remember it. Aye. He said, touch me. No. It's so easy to leave me. All alone with the memory of my days in the sun. If you touch me, you'll understand what happiness is. Look, a new day has begun. Come, man, we wait for you. No. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm arresting you for being in contempt. Giles Corey makes a rush for Putnam. Proctor lunges and holds him. No, Giles. I'll cut your throat, Putnam. I'll kill you yet. Peace, Giles. Peace. Say nothing more, John. I, I would ask you remember, sir, while you read Mary Warren's deposition, de- that until two weeks ago she were no different than the other children are today except for that she is a vengeful Japanese ghost murdered by her husband by a poison lotion, and now her face is melting off. Otherwise, she is just like any other child. She swears now that she never saw Satan, nor any spirit, vague or clear, that Satan may have sent to hurt her. And she declares her friends are lying now. Proctor starts to hand Danforth the deposition, and Hale comes up to Danforth in a trembling state. Excellency, a moment. I think this goes to the heart of the matter. I'm going to suggest something so responsible. I am shocked myself, but I think this farmer needs a lawyer. Now look you, Mr. Hale. Excellency, (laughs) I have signed 72 death warrants. I am a minister of the devil, and I dare not take a life without there be proof so immaculate, no slightest qualm of my conscience may doubt it. Also, please call me Stingy Jack. Mr. Hale, you surely do not doubt my justice. I have this morning signed the soul of my fiery turkey friend's (laughs) wife. I'll not conceal it. 
My hand shakes yet as with a wound. I pray you, sir, this argument let lawyers present to you. Please. No. But this child claims the girls are not truthful, and if they are not... This is precisely what I am about to consider, sir. What more may you ask of me? Unless you doubt my probity, come, someone, a bonbon. Now, a finger sandwich, something a goblin cannot wait forever. Fine. Fine. I need a drink. Mary Warren, how came you to this turnabout? Has Mr. Proctor threatened you for this deposition? No, sir. Has he ever threatened you? Uh, he does routinely slap me with his fins. Then you tell me that you sat in my court callously lying when you know that people would hang by your evidence? I did, sir. How were you instructed in your life? Do you not know that God damns all lawyers? And what is with your left eye? I am with God now. You are with God now. Aye, sir. <laughs> I will tell you this. You are either lying now or you were lying in the court. And in either case, you have committed perjury and you will go to jail for it. You cannot lightly say you lied, Mary. Do you know that? A goblin baby always knows! I cannot lie no more. Well, here's what we're going to do. Abigail Williams, rise. Is there any truth in this? No, sir. She lies. A puppet? Please call him Robert. Robert was (laughs) discovered in Mr. Proctor's house. Stabbed by a needle. (laughs) Mary Warren claims that you sat beside her when she made it, and you saw her make it, and witnessed how she herself stuck the needle in for safekeeping. What do you say to that? It's a lie, sir. While you worked for Mr. Proctor, did you see puppets in the house? Goody Proctor always kept puppets. Super untrue. When I spoke with Goody Proctor in the house, she said she never kept no puppets, but she said she did keep puppets when she were a girl. Ugh, are you like the town encyclopedia of useless and irrelevant information, Radiant Boy? I believe Abigail means to murder my wife. This horse child would murder your wife? It is not a child. (laughs) Now, hear me, sir. In the sight of the congregation, she were twice this year put out of this meeting house for laughter (gasps) during prayer. What? He wants Mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. Laughter during prayer? And see, she were tickled by tiny president of hell. Valak is in town? Mary... (laughs) Now tell the governor how you danced in the woods. Abigail leads the girls to the woods, Your Honor, and they have danced there naked. Mr. Paris discovered them himself in the dead of night. There's the child she is. I can only say, sir, that I never found any of them naked, and this man... But you discovered them dancing in the woods! Goblin. Hey, the night I arrived, Paris told me this right away, and I forget nothing. I am... Stingy Jack. Mary Warren, you say you never saw no spirits, but never threatened or afflicted by any manifest of the devil or the devil's agents. No, but I am constantly dying slowly from poison. It's unrelated. She only pretended to faint that one time, Your Excellency. They're all marvelous pretenders. Then faint now. Do it. Show us. Do it. Do it. Show us now. Toilet paper? 
Go on. Do it. Faint. Go on. I can't. I'm not in the mood. Do it! I can't! <laughs> then you will confess, will you not? It were attacking spirits made you faint. No, sir, I... Your Excellency, this is a trick to blind the court. It's not a trick. She stands. I, I used to faint because I thought I saw spirits. Thought you saw them? But I did not, Your Honor. How could you think you saw them unless you saw them? If there is one thing people are most certain of, it's whether or not a ghost is real, and if what they're perceiving as one is in fact one. Take me, for example. You can all see that I'm a floating roll of toilet paper, right? Everyone nods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yes. I cannot tell how, but I did. I almost felt like... Okay, when we hung out with Valak, mm-hmm. he said one way to get attention and love would be to pretend to faint, so a handsome man comes and is tricked into touching the small of your back, and that's how you trick them into marrying you. Abigail, I bid you now search your heart and tell me this, and beware of it, child. To God, every soul is precious, and his vengeance is terrible of none who take life without cause. Is it possible, child, that the spirits you have seen aren't spirits, but instead you just wanted someone to touch the small of your back and then be contractually obligated to marry you? This is a base question, sir. Child, I would have you consider it. I have been hurt, Mr. Danforth. I have seen my blood running out. I have been near to murdered every day because I've done my duty pointing out the devil's people. And this is my reward? To be mistrusted, denied, called a horse-faced abomination? Child, no one has called you that. Let you beware, Mr. Danforth. (laughs) Think you be so mighty that the power of hell may not turn your wits... Beware of it. There is... Suddenly, from an accusatory attitude, her face turns. Looking into the air above, it is truly frightening. What is it, child? I know not. A wind, a cold wind has come. Abby, you bitch, this is the second trick Valak taught us. Pretend to be cold. That way, you get a free coat, and then he must marry you. Your Honor, I freeze. They're pretending, especially the fat one. Lord save me. Susanna, even though you're a candle, you're on fire. I freeze. I freeze. It's a wind. A wind. Abby, don't do that. Mary Warren, do you witch her? I say to you, do you send your spirit out? Ah! With this terrible cry, Mary Warren starts to run. Proctor catches her. I got you. Let me go, Mr. Proctor. I cannot. I cannot. Oh, Heavenly Father, take away this shadow. Without warning or hesitation, Proctor leaps at Abigail and grabbing her by the hair, pulls her to her feet. She screams in pain. How do you call heaven? Horse! Horse! Mark her! Horse! Now she'll suck a scream to stab me with, but... Now you approve this! This will not pass! I have known her, sir. I have known her. You... You are a horse lover, but you're a dolphin man. Horses of the sea. A man will not cast away his good name. You surely know that. In what time? In what place? In the proper place where my beasts are bedded. The stables, of course, where I keep all horses. On the last night of my joy, some eight months past, 
She used to serve me in my house, sir. I couldn't get enough of that stable perfume. That musty breath. Rotted apples and grass. Mm. Sure, my wife could transform her head into the head of a horse at any time, but it just wasn't the same as the real thing, you know? I mean, oh, so yeah, we fucked. But it is a horse's vengeance, and you must see it. I set myself entirely in your hands. I know you must see it now. My wife is innocent, and that horse, ooh. Except she knew a horse when she saw one. What look do you give me? I'll not have such looks. No, I'm just thinking about how that would work. A dolphin is so slippery, and the mouth is so wide, where the mouth... Well, the horse's mouth is large, but, like, strangely square. Is it hard? Is it, like, hard to make out? Your Honor, this is all left. Sorry, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, when Elizabeth put this girl out of your house, she put her out for a horse harlot? Aye, sir. And you knew her for a horse harlot? Aye, sir. She knew her for a horse harlot. Elizabeth <clears throat> enters with Paris. Paris leaves her. She stands alone, her eyes looking for Proctor. Look at me only, not at your husband, in my eyes only. Good, sir. Why did you kick Abigail, the horse girl, out of your house? She dissatisfied me and my husband. In what way did she dissatisfy you? As she were too horse-like. Woman! 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 Look at me! Were she slovenly? Lazy? What disturbance did she cause? Um, she uh, neighed a lot in her sleep, and she ate all my apples, and she was heavy, heavy footed. She pranced, which is humiliating to have watched and, and, and pathetic to behold. Look at me! Aye, sir. And what of Abigail Williams? Maybe, for example, my uh, husband might have had a crush on her. Your husband? Did he? No. Remove her, Marshal. Elizabeth, tell the truth. She has spoken. Remove her. Elizabeth, I have confessed it. Fuck, you should have given me the signal. She only thought to save my name. Excellency, would you admit to being cheated on with a horse girl? Think about it. Definitely not, right? She spoke nothing of lechery, and this man has lied. No, I believe him. He's my friend. I slept on his floor of his kitchen and drank all the cider. Please, this place is the best. Look, my other friend is the fiery turkey, and I have been eating him this whole time, and he just keeps existing. Abigail, with a weird, wild, chilling cry, screams up to the ceiling. You will be not! You will not! Be gone! Be gone, I say! It's on the beam behind the rafters. Where? Where? Why? Why do you come, Valak? Hey, guys. Where's Valak? I see no Valak. What are you doing here? I told you we would meet up later. Mr. Hale. Be quiet! Do you see Valak? Be quiet! I got bored waiting. Listen, I don't know if I've ever told you about my incredible ability to find treasure, but I'm amazing at it. Let's go find some. Also, I stole a bottle of Everclear from Stingy Jack's underwear drawer. We can play Truth or Dare later. Hell yeah! Abby, what the fuck? 
I told you Valak was off limits. He's my special boy. Like, he would ever love you and your melty eyeball. <laughs> Abby, you have a horse face. They're pretending, Mr. Danforth. Valak, bring your guitar later. I figured out the harmony for yellow. You know Satan loves Coldplay. Mm, I do. Lies, lies. Are you kidding me? I introduced <laughs> you to Coldplay, Abby. I totally did not know you could fly. I'm really getting tired of people underestimating me. I'm the, I'm the fucking president of hell. Abby, please do not fuck Valak. Oh, I'm gonna. Please. Sorry, unless you take back all the stuff you said about me. I, I, Mary, remember the <laughs> angel Raphael. Remember Mungo Jerry and Rumple oh. Teaser. Remember Rum Tub Tugger. Remember Magical Mr. Mistopheles. No, no, I shall not. Do not sing cat. To me. Mary! You're the devil's man! Praise God. I'm going to strangle you, Paris. Mary, how? You did it. You're the devil one. I'm not. <laughs> Abigail is innocent. Abby, can I come to the bonfire now? Mm, maybe. <sighs> Proctor comes to me every night and tries to shove my <clears throat> eyeball back into the socket. Uh, okay, you can come. What say you, Proctor? I say. <clears throat> I say. God is dead. Oh, rock and roll, John. That was the coolest thing you could have possibly said in that moment. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I do think it sealed the deal, and you're going to die now, though. For the record, but for the record, I totally agree with you. A fire. A fire is burning. I hear the boot of Lucifer. I see his filthy face. And it's a horse's face, and a dolphin's face, and a goblin face, and a skeleton face, and a turkey face, and a turnip lantern. God damns our kind especially, and we will burn. We will burn together. The curtain falls. Act four. Salem jail that fall. The giant skeleton, toilet paper roll, and toyol are all there. Paris has gone mad. Good. I've always hated him. I met him yesterday coming out of his house, and I bid him good morning, and he wept and went this way. I think it is not well the village sees him so unsteady. I honestly think he's just upset that still no one will bring him firewood. The radiant boy arrives. How are the cows, radiant boy? There be so many cows wandering the high roads. Now their masters are in the jails, and much disagreement who they will belong to now. I know Mr. Paris be arguing with farmers all yesterday. There is great contention, sir, about the cows. Paris arrives. The cows! Cindy Jack comes through the door, slices Paris in two, throws both halves of him into a pack of wolves in the distance. Jack! Betty is missing. You know the original sick girl everyone forgot about? Did you just kill Paris? Yeah, but listen, no one knows where Betty is. Why? How long is she gone? This be the third night. You see, sir, she told me she would stay a night with Mercy Lewis, the legendary fat stealer. And next day, when she does not return, I send to Mr. Lewis to inquire. Mercy told him she would sleep in my house for a night. They are both gone? Yeah. I will send a party for them. Where may they be? Excellency, I think they'd be aboard a ship. I overheard them talking about the Flying Dutchman. An awesome ghost ship filled with smoking hot pirate ghosts. They were also considering El Caluche, 
which is a party boat full of skeleton. Herrick, you would really like it. <laughs> oh, cool. And they say that this is a criminally handsome seal boy named Pekoi, who will show you the meaning of total relaxation. I begged them to let me come with them, but they said I was an old drunk idiot. So I gave them some money I stole so they could have a good time. It's fine. So they didn't vanish? You know exactly where they are. I... Yes. Accept my congratulations, Reverend Hale. You found the children. Oh, thank you. Oh, Francis Nurse, my turkey common-law husband. He wants to know, has his wife Rebecca confessed yet? No. Excellency, have you postponed a week and published to the town that you're striving for their confessions that speak mercy on your part, not faltering? Everyone will love you. Mr. Stingy, as God have not empowered me like Joshua to stop the sun from rising so I cannot withhold from them the perfection of their punishment. <laughs> Did you see those, these fucking spare cows? Jack, why are you still here? You don't even live here. Why, it is simple. I do not, I come to do the devil's work. I come to counsel Christians. They should belie themselves. I'm not kidding. That's my purpose. (laughs) But I'm mad because, you see, the people you're about to hang are my pals and my buddies. And honestly, never thought I, a hell-bound pre-demon, could even love another. Herrick enters with Elizabeth. Her wrists are linked by heavy chains. Goody Proctor, I hope you are hearty. As soon as I am free, I will eat you. What? Sorry, I'm pregnant. Don't listen to me. Pray be at ease. We come not for your life, Goody Proctor. But your husband is mocked to hang this morning. I would save your husband's life. For if he is taken, I count myself as murdered. Do you understand me? And Stingy Jack only murders dipshits. And I have never heard it often. What do you want of me? Tell John to admit he loves Satan. I think that'd be the devil's argument. It doesn't even have to be true, okay? He just has to say it out loud. It's fine. Okay. Harry enters with John Proctor. His wrists are chained. He is another man, bearded, filthy, his eyes misty as though webs had overgrown them. His once pink dolphin skin is now gray and icky. He misses the ocean. His blowhole is out for everyone to see. He halts inside the doorway, his eye caught by the sight of Elizabeth. Mm, I'll let you guys talk. Everyone leaves them alone. Alone. Proctor walks to her, halts. It is as though they stood a spinning world that is beyond sorrow. He reaches out his flipper as though toward an embodiment not quite real, and as he touches her, mm. a strange, soft sound, half laughter, half amazement, comes from his throat. It's a dolphin sound. He pats her hand. <laughs> she covers her hands with his, and then, weak, he sits. Then she sits facing him. The child. It's half a swung, half dolphin, I can tell. Christ. You've been tortured? I. They come for my life now. I know it. If it's any consolation, I'm 
definitely going to kill and eat everyone in this town as soon as the baby's born. Are you hungry? Starving. What have you been... Uh, rats, mice, squirrels, whatever gets close to the jail. Mm. Oh, do you hear what they did to Giles? Oh, no. They took his eye. Not the... Yes, the butthole one. Then how does he die? They fed it to the Kappa, John. Fed it? You know the town Kappa who lives in the pond? Sure. Well, it collects people's ass jewels, the one that gives them their life force. Mm -hmm. They threw Giles' butthole eye in the pond, and the Kappa thought it was a jewel. When he saw it was but a glittering eye, well, he he (laughs) ate it out of rage. When the eye dies... Giles' soul dies with it. Imagine that butthole without an eye in it. I cannot. I was thinking about confessing. I think you should do it. Why not, right? I, and yet you've not confessed till now. That speaks goodness in you. Spite only keeps me silent. It is hard to give a lie to dogs... I would have your forgiveness, Elizabeth. It is not for me to give, John. I am not... Please, just do it. I'm about to die. Whatever you will do, it is a good dolphin, does it? I have read my heart these three months, John. I have sins of my own to count. It needs a cold wife to prompt lechery. Enough. Enough. How was I to expect you just lay there at night without me as I went about murdering and eating people for sustenance? I will not hear it. You know. I know you. I, you take my sins upon you, John. No. I take my own. My own. Uh, John, I counted myself so monstrous, so hideous and blood-sucking. No honest love could come to me. Suspicion kissed you when I did. I never know how I should say my love. It were a cold house I kept, for I am technically a demon. Everyone returns. What say you, Proctor? The sun is soon up. Let's do what you will, but let none be your judge. I want my life. You'll confess yourself. (laughs) I will have my life. I want to swim in the ocean again and cover my blowhole like a real dolphin man. Damn it! I'm conflicted. God in heaven, what is John Proctor? What is John Proctor? Do as you will. Do as you will. I'm gonna just confess then. Now then, let us have it! Are you ready, Mr. Chiva? Why must it be written? Why, for the good instruction of the village, mister. (laughs) This we shall post upon the church door. Mr. Proctor, have you seen the devil in your life? Come, man, there is light in the sky. The town waits at the scaffold. I would give out this news. Did you see the devil? I did. Praise, Praise Satan. That's it? I'm free? Not so fast. Oh, Valak, when did you get here? I've been here all along. I'm anywhere devoid of joy. What do you even want? What? I'm sorry. (laughs) Valak, what even do you want? I just want to say, Abigail and I are engaged. You're a baby. But I really came to tell you all, this is a really, very stupid trial. You know why? Why? Do you guys all see me? You guys all, you can all see me, right? 
Yeah, everyone in this room has seen the devil, and we all hung out a bunch. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, I told you from day one, I'm I'm president of hell. Hell. So. Well then, John Brector, I guess you're free to go. Really? Yeah. I I can't deny that I have many a time played Mario Kart with Valak, president of hell. Well, in that case. I take back what I said. Wait, why? Do you mean to deny this confession when you are free? I mean to deny nothing. Wait, then explain to me, Mr. Proctor, why you will not let... Because I am a dolphin. Because I have been a dolphin my whole life. Because I lie and sign myself to lies. Because I am not worth the salt on the flippers of those that swim free in the beautiful ocean. I have given you my soul. Leave me my blowhole. All right. I get that. You, everyone is free. Sorry about all this. Oh, I fucking did it. Thank you for coming, Valor. Anytime. I love conflict. The final drum roll crashes, then heightens violently. Hale weeps. He's been drinking all morning. The drum rattles like bones in the morning air. The curtain falls. And that is The Crucible. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you so much, Zach. Everybody. Thank you, Stephanie. Everybody have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We love you. We love you. We love you.